Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now, after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning, Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning, Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for April 27th, 2020. Hello, fellow pilgrims. What a delight once again to be with you. In Jesus' name, I invite the Holy Spirit to come and to fill our time together, that Christ might be glorified in each and every one of us, that you and I might fulfill that with particular thing that God created you and I for, because there is a, a, a calling upon each one of us that can only be fulfilled by us. And I want to be encouraging today to you and to myself that I might do what I'm called to do and you might do what you're called to do and that we will not compare ourselves with one another, but we will be grateful, be grateful for the differences between us and enjoy one another together and listen to the revelation of Jesus Christ in and through the Bride of Christ, the beautiful church of Jesus Christ. Well, I want to get now into the New Testament, into the Gospel of Matthew, and I'm going to be reading out of the New American Standard. The last couple of podcasts I've been reading out of the message from Genesis 1, 2, and 3 to show that man got into a fallen place. And the story that we could begin in Genesis 4 all the way through into the New Testaments of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where where we could begin to talk about the coming of Jesus Christ and the Incarnation, which we have just been through as we've celebrated resurrection morn in Jesus Christ, and that in his resurrection, he has provided everything that you and I need to fulfill the calling of God. Now, I'm going to begin to read from the 16th chapter of Matthew, from the New American Standard, and I'm going to begin in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 16. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. Now, I'm going to read some more, but I want to emphasize something. 
Blessed are you, Simon. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this, but my Father, he has a revelation. And the revelation is what? That Jesus is the Christ. That's what it means to be born again. You and I need that revelation. Each one of us needs that personal revelation of Jesus Christ as the Christ, the Son of God. He goes on to say to Peter, verse 18, And I also say that you're Peter, and upon this rock, that's that revelation I just talked about of who Christ is, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. I need to comment as I read through these verses, because so oftentimes people say, well, the church was built on Peter. No, the church was built on the revelation of who Christ is. And the entrance into the church is the same for you and I as it was for Peter. We need that revelation that can only come from God, the Father Almighty, of who this Jesus is. I can recall after serving as a minister for almost three years in the Methodist church, and when my wife and I were born again, it's almost like we're in, inside of us, we're blinking, saying, wait a minute. We never knew this. We never saw that. Barbara and I used to say to one another, we never even heard. No one ever told us that we could, quote, be born again from above, from another realm, that God would give us a spirit that would say, why, you're the Christ. And what that would mean in being born again and seeing the kingdom and entering it. I want to read again verse 18 as I read on now. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock, and I'm going to say it again, it's the revelation, not Peter. I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one, that he was the Christ. Can you understand that? Jesus knows that the only way people can really know who he is must come by that revelation of the Spirit. That's why when we finally get to the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh and they are told to leave Jerusalem, get out of town and take the gospel of the resurrection of Christ into all the world, only the Holy Spirit can lead that. Only the Holy Spirit can give us the revelation that we need for bringing the kingdom on earth. They were to go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. That's in Acts 2. And then we read also in the book of Acts that they didn't go. And God had to allow, you remember this? He had to allow a persecution. It's called the diaspora. And he dispersed them to get them out of the city. They got comfortable being that in Jerusalem. God said, I don't want you comfortable here. I want you to take it to the whole world. And they didn't until finally the persecution comes. So he warned the person, now I'm back in verse 20 of Matthew 16. He warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. I want to emphasize it again. It takes the Holy Spirit. That's why the word of your testimony, as we're talked to, often mentioned in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ by John, your, your revelation of Christ comes by the Holy Spirit. And when you speak by the Holy Spirit, that's how you can know who Christ is. Then in verse 21, 
From that time, Jesus Christ began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you're not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. For what will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then recompense every man according to his deeds. Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. In past podcasts, I've talked about this in many different ways. I want to mention it again. God has a unique call for everyone who is a member of his bride, the body of Jesus Christ, the church. It is unique. Let me read these verses again, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit if you might hear that uniqueness. You don't have to compare yourself with anyone else. You are a unique calling. Whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses my my whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. You see, when you die to yourself, when you take up your cross to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, that purpose in you begins to die. What you think you ought to do, even what the world, the flesh, and the devil might say, look at all of your natural talents. God has another way. And he's saying, if you wish to find that, lose your life for my sake and you'll find it. You'll find that purpose, that reason. For what will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? In other words, what happens if you're just totally and wonderfully successful in this world, but in this world you've lost your life, your soul? For what will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Let the Holy Spirit breathe on those words. What have you been willing to exchange your soul life for? Has it been for the world, the flesh, the devil? Or has it been for God and his kingdom? Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, and we've mentioned this again many times, Jesus says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And the things that he talks to are preceded in those verses. In those verses he says things like this, 
And if you'd like to turn with me to Matthew, the chapter, chapter 5, and I'd like us to read just a few verses so that you'll begin to understand what it means. It's from, excuse me, Matthew chapter 6, and I want to read it to you. For this reason I say, don't be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or drink or for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food, the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, shall add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And right before he begins to teach them all about those things, he says this to them. He says, No man can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And oftentimes, the strange thing that's happened in this world is that we have been seduced by the world and its fallenness, by the enemy, Satan, the flesh, and we have pursued the things that the world said was important. I've often thought that there's a kind of unspoken little verse that people say, bigger, better, more. That's what life is all about. Bigger, better, more. More stuff, more bigger, more better. I have some friends who talked to a man who was a multi, multi-millionaire, ran a particular business. If I mentioned the business, you would immediately come into uh, understanding. I can't, I'm not free to expose him. But he came and sat down with my friends and said, I have everything the world can give me, and I'm dying inside. None of it satisfies. I've tried to be satisfied by the best of food, the best of clothing, the best of everything. And it does not satisfy. That's why I go back and I read, For what will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Brothers and sisters, don't sell your soul for the world, the flesh, and the devil. Come to the Lord Jesus and cry out and say, Lord Jesus, 
I believe you, I trust you as my Lord, my Savior, and my Redeemer. And you and you alone in the power of the Spirit know why I am here at this time with whatever particular gifts and graces. I don't know what they are. Would you please show me, Father? In our next podcast, I'm going to take that a step farther and begin to talk a little bit about what it means for you to fulfill the call of God. You will find, when you find your place in God, a peace and a joy that absolutely passes all understanding. And it doesn't have to do with any of stuff. What I have or I'm going to be or can somehow gather together. You begin to realize that life has only meaning when you are called of God, led of God, filled of God. The only thing that is eternal is the kingdom of God. And you and I are called to a place, a purpose in the kingdom of God that no one else can ever fulfill. Take the time, dear brother and sister, with me right now. As I close this podcast, I want to pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, giver of the Holy Spirit, I invite you to show why I'm here. Why am I alive in this time? Why did I come from that family? Why am I where I am right now? Would you show me the purpose for which you have and make it clear because the world, the flesh, and the devil have been yelling at me, here's why you're here, here's why you're here. And I've tried all those things, and Father, they do not satisfy. But just the little that I know when I was born again, the only one who completely and fully and completely satisfy is you and your kingdom, Jesus. So let your kingdom come into and through us and that distinctive calling that only I have. Don't say that arrogantly. It's because God loves you intimately and personally. Father, show us your call in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.